<laughs> just right, keep, just keep it in. Just <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it in. Right, welcome everyone to Basler's Podcast, episode 41. We've got my guest here, Ollie Jackson. Ollie, welcome back. How are you doing? Thanks for having me again, mate. No, I'm really good. Thank you, all things considered. How about yourself? You surviving? All good. Surviving the Rona, thankfully. Uh, yeah, the Rona. Not got any Rona vibes just yet. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Ollie, it's, uh, yeah, we were just saying it's, it's, it's late over there. It's about nine o'clock, right? Friday night? Yep. 9 p.m. Friday night, prime party time. Prime party time. And you're stuck inside. Yeah. You're stuck inside. Yeah, inside. You're stuck inside and you're on a diet break. Yeah, exactly. It's um, <laughs> my, I had a, I fit a couple of hot cross buns into my diet today, though, so I'm, I am the real one here. Nice. That's, <laughs> nice. Hashtag IF by M. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I thought um, we've got a few questions that um, mostly you've thought of and we've thought of. So um, we'll we'll crack on with them. So let's discuss um, the Rona. How's it going? The Rona. Because you're in Australia. Um, How's it going? Yeah, cool. I'll give you a good overview. Um, So we're in the same situation as you. Uh, Same lockdown. Only leave uh, the house for essentials. Uh, Work if you have to. and once a day for, for exercise, that sort of thing. Um, in terms of cases and deaths, we're definitely nowhere near as bad as you guys in the UK. Um, we've got about a quarter of the population as you guys, and you can actually fit 33 United Kingdoms in Australia. <laughs> so we've got a lot of space. Um, yeah, so we we're definitely do, not as bad. We were doing the math on that yesterday. Yeah, we were doing the math yeah, on that yesterday yeah. with, uh, with, um, with uh, Alex, sorry, and like, the percentage death rate is quite different from America to england and i imagine it's probably similar from australia to england as well yeah yeah it's uh i guess it, there's a billion different factors that go into it, age and uh conditions people have got going on um and then also there's the actual unfortunate fact of how believable or how good are the statistics we're given um are they being inflated are they being deflated you know that sort of stuff there's how is a whole host of things but as a, as a whole um the people are just as crazy as England. We're not missing out <laughs> on that, I can assure you. Um, that's, I think that's the worst thing about this entire sort of uh, situation is you really see how bad people panic and it almost makes out the worst in people, which it is what it, it is. But. Yeah, absolutely. How, how is Australia with testing? How did they get out? Um, same as the UK. Um, like even if you have all the symptoms, there's still other criteria you need um, in order to get a test. Mm. So um, I think you need to have either traveled in the 14 days before you've got the symptoms, or you need to have been in contact with a confirmed case of the Rona. Um, and like, I don't know anyone that's got it. So even if I got all the symptoms tomorrow, every single of the 11 or 12, um, like I wouldn't be allowed to be tested because I don't know anyone that's got it. It's like quite, quite that simple. Mm. But yeah, it's, in, terms um, of, in terms of sort of um, work and the economy, or what? How, how's how's that been with with you? Uh, so I, yeah, so I'm I'm okay that I I can work from home, um, and then just because the I'm in recruitment, but it has slowed down amazingly. But what we can completely work from home. All I need is a laptop and a phone. That's it. So I'm I'm sort of blessed in that way, but. I do. I do. I'm, I do manufacturing recruitment, so a lot of that will continue because it is considered essential. Food, pharmaceuticals, yep. all that sort of stuff. Um, but some of the businesses um, have completely shit the bed and are extremely worried. Like some of the furniture businesses I've done work with, 
aren't planning on selling any furniture for the, like, the next year or whatever. Wow. <laughs> so as you can imagine, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're very much shutting their doors for all sorts of reasons. So um, how, how sort of batshit crazy have people been over there anyway, in terms of buying and all that stuff and then buyers uh, got too much? Yeah, you've, you've, you've seen the photos. Um, it's literally the same as the UK. Um, during the first couple of weeks, the supermarkets were absolutely empty. People were fighting for toilet paper. I think actually someone got stabbed for some toilet paper. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, legit, like probably like 30 kilometers away from where I live. So I live right in the center of Sydney. So one in, in, in one of the more outer suburbs somewhere actually got stabbed for some toilet paper, fighting over the last one or something. And then obviously you've seen the mad videos on Facebook. Like as, as I said, it really does bring out the worst in people. But one thing I did say is that it takes a certain type of person to hoard food in this situation. Mm. All those people, I believe, have got all the food that they will hoard now. So our supermarkets are almost back to normal, apart from pasta and super, um, pasta and toilet paper. Like you can get anything at any time now because okay. they've caught up supply chain wise, um, which is good at least. But it just means that there's just so much. There's so much waste um, of food and. People have bought a shitload of like rice and oats that they'll probably never have ever fucking use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Similar about, to the UK, then I guess. What about, yeah. What What about just one last thing? What about um, price increases? Was there Were there any shops sort of raising prices? Oh yeah, the convenience stores and whatnot. I've yes, had an absolute right, field yeah. day. Um, I don't know if um, I don't know if it's the same where you guys are, but there's. I mean, because obviously I'm English living in Australia, I mean, quite a lot of Facebook groups, which are like Poms in Sydney, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they, they post like the most outrageous pictures you've seen, like hand sanitizer for $50, yeah. um, six, uh, six pieces, uh, sets of toilet roll for like $25, $30, when normally it's a third, a quarter, maybe a fifth of the price. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some people out there definitely trying to... <laughs> really benefit from a bad situation yeah they, we, we have got a we've got a local councillor here who just basically gave a lot of those shops a bollocking and he was saying it's is he he was he his argument was that it's a lot of the asian supermarket owners which i think was quite a strong but then he's asian himself and it was quite a strong oh, right. video so i wasn't really quite sure what he was trying to do with that but he said he was going to yeah. Yeah, name and shame people when it's all over but yeah we've had a few although they seem to have calmed themselves down again yeah, is, that's one of those situations. Like, is it racist if it's true, or yeah, is, yeah, it, yeah. Is, it, is it is it racist if it's not an insult? Like, yeah. if I said, I don't know, if I said um, someone, if I said someone black on average would be a better runner than someone white, like that is, it's a compliment. But right? Is it racist because you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure but, somebody could twist it around to be racist. I'm sure they could. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Maybe but, he gets away with it because yeah. Uh, it's, well, it's his. He, he had a he had a bit of a backlash from the shop owners who were all saying that well actually it's the suppliers <laughs> they thought I think they'd all sort of banded, put their heads together and thought to come up with an excuse like okay quick we're in the shit let's uh, let's think of blame the suppliers blame the suppliers yeah. <laughs> genius idea <laughs> yeah. uh, push it up the food chain <laughs> just for that certain p- p- proportion of shops in Derby that's all yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah with with regards to what the craziness that I've seen I've I've personally seen quite a lot of craziness in Costco. That's where I've seen most. Oh, of it. Okay. 
yeah, that was early on, but very, very early on. So people is that still out. the bulk buy shop? Ever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the main one that people go to. So that's where where I live. Anyway, in the city that I live, it's pretty much right in this, this big central sort of supermarket um, area. Oh, okay. And people, people just lots of people go there because it's right near the, the center of the city. Um, but yeah, the worst I saw was some guy with about um, must have been about sixteen rolls, sixteen packs, so big packs of uh, Louis. Wow. So that's a lot. So, so in each pack, there's probably about 12 loo roll. Uh, so that, that's a lot. Um, a friend of mine saw somebody with about 90 cans of pet food who, who, <laughs> who just cleared out the aisle. And she actually asked him, she asked him, look, can I have a couple for my dog? And he told us to piss off, basically. So, no way. Yeah. So you know, he was quite aggressive about it, apparently. So I think the, the I think the toilet pa- I think the toilet paper one is the craziest because mm. first of all like it's not exactly a necessity. Worst comes to worst, you don't have any. You're not going to die. It's not the worst thing. And <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it is bad. But there's people that have like stocked up in toilet paper and probably not stocked up in food. So they'll have all this yeah. toilet paper. They won't need to fucking yeah. use it because they haven't eaten. <laughs> I think people were doing that initially because initially it seemed to be the toilet paper that was taking the hit. Yeah, it was. It's the yeah, first thing to go. I had a bit of a funny story about that because um, so I put it up on my Instagram actually a while back and it got a few laughs. But uh, this was before all the lockdown and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was just when toilet paper was starting to run out, but all the rest of the food is in stock. So I, I normally get a weekly order from, from like Asda. And yeah. uh, in the weekly order, they'd forgotten to get my regular amount of loo roll. Right, just a normal amount of loo roll, like any normal person would. Say, right, so <laughs> they just forgot to put it in, or they they ran out, or whatever. Right, they said, "Look, we're sorry, we couldn't fulfill the order," and they didn't do a replace. I, I normally take off no replacements, and so I was like, "Okay." So I had to go to the supermarkets just to buy loo roll. And so oh, I was, you look, I was, you I was, like I was, one of those people. I was walking around. I looked like I was one of those people, and then with the embarrassment. <laughs> so I had I had two two sort of multi packs of loo roll, and this was this was before anyone was really taking it that seriously because everyone was still in the supermarket. Yeah. There's no lockdown anything, and people were just looking at me like I was this crazy person. So that was the first thing. The second thing was because I was just walking around like a crazy person, I kind of felt the need to make small talk with people and just have a laugh about it. You know, just because, just to kind of ease my own tension. So then, not only yeah, was, you've got to do that. <laughs> not only was I the crazy guy with the toilet tissue, but I was also the crazy guy with the toilet tissue. And now I'm the creepy guy who's just making jokes <laughs> and sort of talking to everyone about my loo roll. Uh, and then the final thing was when that didn't work, I, I realized that, that this was just terrible. This is actually making things worse. I started to grab <laughs> random things and put them on top of the toilet tissue. So I put like a, yeah. like a, 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 a sort of a, a little a circle of digestive biscuits and just place them on top <laughs> <laughs> in an effort to hide it. But it didn't work either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. Because you fully know you got, you, you got judged. Yeah, I got you judged. You to save yourself. And I know I got judged. I got absolutely judged. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I got my yeah. new roll. It's, it's all good. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's one thing everyone's missing, like those interact those interactions you have with people that you don't remember because it's so normal. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've been in the supermarket recently, but you try to have a conversation with anyone, no one comes near you. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Not whatsoever. Right. Like yeah, I, I right. was walking through uh, one of our main supermarkets is called Woolworths. I was walking through there a couple of days ago. Wasn't actually too busy, but I I genuinely needed to cough. <laughs> so I was like, I was I was walking down looking for a, like a semi-empty aisle. <laughs> <laughs> and cough a few times. 
That's I got great. away with it. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like being—it's like being in school, and it's a—it's a—it's a class, and everyone's doing like an exam or something. And you—you you mean you know you're yeah. meant to be quiet, and you just can't yeah. help but cough. <laughs> yeah, you got—you feel like you got something in your throat, and you know you're gonna cough like ten yeah. times in a minute. <laughs> yeah. the, anxi- the anxiety that comes out. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I have another one as well, actually. Like eight or nine weeks ago, before it got bad whatsoever, but people knew of it so um obviously it was big in uh asia and china and those sort of places um at the start of the year mm-hmm. um so sydney has like a, a quarter or a third um asian or, or chinese population um, it's a very multicultural city um so i think we heard more about it quite a lot earlier on yeah. um so i i sneezed on a train about <laughs> nine weeks ago <laughs> and you've never seen so many people step away from so much space i'm gonna start doing that when we go back to normal and yeah. i'm on public transport or whatever i'm just gonna sneeze get myself an extra seat <laughs> do you think uh, people are going to be hesitant to go on to public transport for a while you know when everything's clear i think yeah i think it'll take a while to get back in i think what the government will do uh, in most of these countries is slowly but surely implement stuff back like for example everyone that can work from home they'll probably be the last to get back to normal um I think, you know, the gyms will, you know, eventually open, normal shops will eventually open, and then offices will open after that. But I think during that sort of transition period, everyone will be just as wary. Like, if you go out now, you try not to touch everything and that sort of stuff. And I think people will be like that for a while, um, understandably. Too. Understandably. How, how good is that first gym pump going to feel? Amazing. There's, uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's only so much you can. I mean, you actually have a pretty good setup at home. I know that, but um, like I've gone, I've got a, a bench. No, I don't. That's a lie. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, I've got. I wish I had a bench. I've got a barbell and 140 kilos of weights. That's so obviously, right. I, I, I can do everything. But I, I'm, I'm one of those people that likes being out of the house. So it's quite yeah. not depressing, but it's on my mind that I'm training like in my living room, and then straight afterwards, I'm in my living room again and then i start work and i'm in my living room and yeah. you, you just have to get out so i'm i'm very much looking forward to uh them being back open i'll so, probably do full body and then arms again yeah <laughs> it's a weird thing isn't it it's just it's been told that you can't go outside it's just I mean, i'm not really that sociable really i'm just yeah but now i guess it's a combination of i've been told i can't go out and also i'm not very yeah. right now so well, yeah how how's your week anyway in terms of busyness? Like you're still working from home, like four days a week, right? Yeah, yeah. So I um we're only working four days a week now, but instead I'm I'm working five days a week. I'm just working shorter times. Mm. So I've I've just got a schedule, get up, do some plastic cardio, usually an hour walk outside, get a coffee, come back, start work, and then I'll go for a little work a uh, little walk at lunch and then I train and probably open another walk in the evening. So I'm doing a shitload of steps mm. and trying to get out of the house as much as possible. Um but yeah, sort of. I think the the motivation day to day is very up and down, and I think a lot of people um, have that as well. I actually saw a, a sort of theory model of it, which is like the five stages of of this sort of like pandemic. And like okay. the first stage, like it's everything's brand new to you. So the first week you work from home, it's quite exciting. It's not something you do that often. Oh. Like week two is supposed uh, supposed to be like the worst week because it's almost almost acceptance um yes. that like this is a weird situation and then the third week is real acceptance that you just, you've just got to get on with it so that's probably a good place to be in and i'm definitely there but it's 
as you said, I think it's because you know you can't go out. Yeah. Like even if you don't go out normally, you're now not allowed. It's kind of like, kind of like if you have kids or something and you tell them not to do something, and all of a sudden they want to do it, <laughs> but they they'd never thought about doing that before. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's probably it's probably just basic psychology. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it's like with my nephew, and my niece. If, if one of them has something, and the other one has something different, then that's it. <laughs> that, that is becomes the fixation of the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's have a look at what else we have on the menu. So, in terms of yeah, we talked a bit about training. So in terms of my training right now, I've I'm kind of the same with you with regards to how. I, I like having a home gym. I'm very privileged to have one. Like I bought, I bought mm. it about probably, I don't know, 10 years ago now is when I first started buying the bits. Um, nice. Yeah, I spent probably about three grand on it back then, um, which was a lot of money to me back then. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, uh, and then I slowly added bits to, to it over the years. So it's all right. See, but, hmm? I was just going to say, you've got a power rack. A oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I should say, yeah. So I've got... Dumbbells. Yeah, this was back in my sort of heyday of my powerlifting days. So I had oh, a heavy, okay. heavy, heavy duty power rack, about 300 kilos worth of weights, uh, a Texas power bar, which is a very nice bar, um, and then various uh, areas to do deadlifts, padded sort of areas. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. Most of that have been bought over from the old house. A lot of bands, a lot of safety uh, straps as well. So the kind of ones that you see with equipped powerlifting, where you can hang them yeah, off. Yeah. So if, you, if, you could, if you do bail, they just they completely take it off you, which is really good. Yeah. And it's yeah. better for the bar as well, better than sort of crashing on the pins because that can bend the bar. So that, they were pretty pricey, actually. They're about 120 quid to get those shipped in from America back in the day. But yeah, they were well worth it. Solid. So got those, got a bunch of hand grippers. Um, sort of weirdly enough, I used to be into grip competitions. It's a little bit, sounds a little bit strange, but uh, no, really. it was, it was well, quite fun. <laughs> I guess, did you do um, the powerlifting you did? Was that, um, was that uh, is it raw where you can't use straps and stuff? Most most of the career was raw, yeah. So my best oh, okay. numbers, best numbers raw were 255, 180, 300. And then oh, nice. the kilos, yeah. So then in terms of gear, when I did put it on, I managed to get quite a lot. And I remember putting gear on. I remember putting the bench shirt on for the first time. I was about 140 bencher, and I did a 190, yeah. uh, 190 equipped bench. Um, wow. And that was pretty much straight, just because I was the, the 140 that I did was when I was a lot lighter, and that was mostly a close grip bench press because I just didn't have much of a chest then. I was wasn't that big, um, and so that fortunately that actually translated really well into a quick bench press, like 140 close grip bench. Because actually, it's quite a strong equipped bench press, um, just because it, it relies mostly on the triceps. So I did a little bit of equipped lifting. The squat wasn't actually that much more than what my squat ended up being. I finished raw as well. I sort of did mostly raw, a little bit of equipped in the middle, and then I finished raw. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. So I mean, I did about yeah. two seventy in a squat um, equipped, but then I, I did two fifty five raw. So you know, it wow. wasn't a massive amount of difference, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess it's. I guess it's how you built, isn't it? Um, yeah. Those uh, those equipped like shirts and stuff. There, they're, they're very interesting for someone who doesn't understand them, which obviously one of those people is me. Um, like my missus, she used to do equips and raw powerlifting. Um, and I'd never seen equipped powerlifting before in my life before I met her. And I remember her getting this shirt out to put on in the gym and obviously I had to help her. And like <laughs> the thing, these marks like all over it. It's yes. almost like, not, I don't want to say it, not blood blisters, but like it probably brings stuff up to the skin. Like it does not look comfortable, but then it's, it's do like a, a but then you do like a hundred kilo bench and it's like, oh, fucking hell. I swear, you can normally do 65. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing what 
extra that sort of brings up. Yeah, does she? What does she think of equipping now? Does she sort of have any? Would she do it again or? Uh, she's into Olympic lifting now, actually. So um, she really enjoys the technique side of things. Um, so obviously, Olympic lifting is all technique. It'd be good to get her opinion on what she thinks looking back at equipped lifting because I just remember it as a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's I guess with I guess with general powerlifting, it's not basic, but like you've got the big three, and it's the big three. But like with equips, like you need a full squat suit, you need a yeah. <laughs> full shit bench shit, and then oh everything else that goes with that. Like so one, uh, a training session just is just such a hassle. Like you need to have people around like a, you through a four hour four hour session, and you need yeah. help and everything. And then you you're warming up for about forty five minutes of that session as well. So it's just <laughs> horrendous. Yeah, like I remember I was at the I was at the gym before this all got locked down. And I was looking at uh, some powerlifters warming up and I saw I did about five exercises while they were still warming up. And I remember thinking, this is why I'm not powerlifting anymore. It sucks. Yeah. I'm not doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you definitely don't want to um, like skip that warm up because obviously if you're doing anything like sets of three, sets of two, five, one, whatever it is, like you definitely want to be warmed up when you're doing that sort of yeah, stuff. It's not absolutely. something to, uh, it's, there's, there's no time to be saved there. Um, if you want to do it properly. Yeah, and no, I'm glad glad I left that behind. So yeah, it is the home <laughs> gym. Um, yeah, it's a nice setup, but I'll, I'll be honest, I'm still looking forward to when the gym's reopen. Yeah. I like being out, I like the range of equipment. So while I've got a lot of barbell, dumbbell stuff in there, in the in home gym, me being me now, I do prefer more machines. So I am missing the hammer yeah. and the Watson and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Understandable. You uh, variety is always nice. Um, but then again, I always always kind of think that just getting back to the basics that I started training with. I I actually started training at home for the first yeah. year or year and a half, and all I had was a bench, mm-hmm. a bar, and a pull-up bar. That's literally all I had. Um, I think I actually told you that my first ever workout, which I did every day of the week, was bench, bicep curls, line leg extensions. That was it. That was the workout for the first six, the first six months of my life. And then, luckily, I, luckily, I brought uh, that pull-up bar, so I stopped being as hunched over um, and, and balanced it out a bit. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice getting back to basics again. It is. It is. Yeah, definitely true. It is. Like I. It, you can accomplish quite a lot and it's I've I started to do what I did when I was sort of I dipped into bodybuilding because I got quite injured from powerlifting and I, and I started to dip into bodybuilding probably about five years ago and this was my first experience mm. actually was it five years maybe more than that maybe it's earlier about when I got the home gym but anyway I injured my hamstring and I was sort of moving out of powerlifting and then I kind of I started to do full body workouts so I knew a guy from online from Canada called Casey but he's the guy who came up with the uh, the, the muscular potential formula yeah uh, um, the natural one I think I that's it yeah, yeah. That. so yeah. what's we, it um, yeah me and him used to talk five. a little bit yeah me and, him used to, me and him used to talk a little bit and um, he was this was back in the day when you know you could sort of email these fit pros and just did talk back and you know he was actually really helpful <laughs> and he helped me put together my first uh, full body routine and he gave some really good principles and what to work with, all that kind of stuff. And I did that, and I actually got into really, really good shape. Like, it, the full body routine, they do burn a ton of calories. So now, since those are primarily my goals right now, is just kind of muscle maintenance. I thought I was I'm basically doing full body routines every single day. Um, so the way that I structure them is to help. I don't do – like, I've seen the way that Jeff Nippard does them and Eric Helms, and I don't really agree with that. So they have big compounds on every single day. So throughout the week, let's say, for example, Monday might be squat. 
Wednesday might be leg press, Friday might be deadlift. Whereas Casey Butt's point was that the body recovers as a whole. So what you want to do is you want to have a heavy day followed by a light day, followed by a medium day, and then sort of rotate them in that kind of fashion. And that okay. makes much more sense. So the heavy day, you just you go and you just hit all the barbell movements, you smash your body to bits. And then after that, maybe one day after or two days after, you do a light workout, which is essentially all just cables and isolation work. You can still work the muscles hard because you can. I mean, especially if you, the, the more advanced you are, the quicker your muscles are going to recover after all that anyway. Uh, uh, but it's just that most people can't do that because their joints get... Um, inflamed and they just can't let like, you yeah. can't, you're not going to be able to squat every day realistically if you're quite strong but you can squat one day and then perhaps leg extension a couple of days after and that still provides that level of stimulus and so you week round you're getting that growth stimulus and that worked really well for me yeah is that um are you gonna do something similar this time around or yeah so i'll talk you through my week so far i won't do it through the whole thing but i'll talk you through say i don't know chest section so Monday was incline barbell press, uh, and I actually did about five sets on that as well, which is a quite a lot of work, really. Um, yeah. And after that, on Tuesday was pec deck. So I've got a little universal station, so I did a pec deck for another five sets. Um, day after that was close grip bench press. That was uh, the day before yesterday, and then yesterday was bench press. Um, so it kind of goes into that heavy, light, medium system, and also the, I vary the reps as well. To, um, yeah. So. Yesterday was another heavy day after doing heavy light, full heavy light medium. And so today's going to be a light day where I'm going to do either a pec deck variation or maybe a pec deck push up superset, something like that. So that's kind of how I vary. I would say that's a very sort of advanced version of it and probably a little bit chaotic. If I was to put somebody on a full body routine, it'd probably be no more than about four days a week. But just for me, where I'm, I've, I've done this before and it works very, very well, you can avoid all joint issues by just being a little bit intelligent with your exercise selection. So I think guys like Nippard will say you've, you've got to really be careful about, about recovery. But then at the same time, they're putting heavy movements back to back. And I don't really get that. So, you know, you can't say watch out for your joint recovery and then squat one day, leg press the next and deadlift the next. It makes, <laughs> no, makes no sense. So, yeah, of course. whereas if I'm, doing, if I'm doing a squat one day, the next day I might do a leg curl and a leg extension. And that's perfectly fine. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting, actually. Yeah, it's my preferred way of doing it, definitely. So, yeah, that's uh, that's training at the moment. In terms of your goals, physique-wise, what's uh, what's your plan for the lockdown period and then for afterwards? Um, well, like the complete, uh, I guess, question to your question would be how long is the lock lockdown period? Um, oh, let's geez, go yeah. with let's go with three to six months because I think that is most likely. Um, I yeah. think that. I think the government will announce like six months and then if we're lucky, we'll get like three or four. Um, so <laughs> that's, yeah, that's with, probably quite sensible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with the kit I have got, um, I am going to look at buying more. I'm going to look at getting a squat rack and a bench. So I've got um, a little bit more options. I think at the very best I can maintain or put a, a little bit on during that time. So I'm taking this time now to uh, diet down a bit further. So I'm ready to grow properly once I'm in the gym. Um, cruise. So once again, I'm as healthy as possible. Uh, once we can get back in the gym, um, get a bit more flexible, get a bit more cardiovascularly fit. And then um, weight training wise, I'm on more of a push-pull leg split than I have been um, recently. Mm. So the split I mentioned on our last podcast, which I think was June or July, I've been on that exact same split this entire time. Um, a couple of exercises have changed, but it's really brought up the right weak points. Um, yeah, yeah definitely has. The day, actually. Um, so even, I'm a, even though I'm only training back once a week, I've made more progress on that than I have in years. Um, hamstrings, glutes have come up, uh, shoulders and arms 
I've been training twice a week and I've definitely come up. So yeah, I mean, I saw that picture you sent me of your rear lat spread, I think it was. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The difference in your glutes and hamstrings is amazing. Like, no homo. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so much bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and that's almost all from the glutes is literally from adding in. Um, I was always lazy and I never really did hip thrusts, but I've been doing those for nine months straight now and they are absolutely fantastic. There's there's honestly there's no substitute i'm 100 sure on that um so i've now moved into a more of a push pull legs just for this lockdown period um but like i said i'm focusing on other stuff so in theory once we get back to quote unquote normal life um i'm ready to go again so it's i'm sort of taking this part as a extra bit of rest, extra bit of flexibility, get a bit leaner, cruise, get healthy, all that sort of good stuff. So I guess it's sort of, um, which I was due to be honest. So it's actually a bit of a blessing disguise, but also I could sort of see this coming. I could see that we were going to go into lockdown. Um, yeah. I think, I think America went into lockdown two weeks before us and stuff like that. So I, yeah, that's right. I think so. So I completely ran myself into the ground <laughs> for the last two weeks before uh, the gyms closed. So I had uh, almost a week off, basically. Um, and now I'm back to a normal routine. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so in terms of if once we make it through this three to six month period, let's say you're healthy, you're lean. Um, what's the goal after that? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I think we're looking at doing a show um, October 2021. Um, nice. which is 18, yeah, 18 months away. Um, that was always the plan really. Um, I had semi considered doing one at the end of this year, but, um, I'm not quite ready to be blunt. Um, I want to compete when I'm good enough to win a heavyweight class that won't be in October this year. So straight away, not competing. Um, so working backwards, I need sort of five, six months to prep. Um, that means if we get, um, get back to normal in three months, that gives me almost a year to do a, sort of off-season 2.0 because I've done a full 10 months in a surplus. Now I've dieted for three months and then I'm in a sort of a healthy phase now, ready to get ready for the next complete repeat the cycle. You know how it is. Yeah, I mean, down, that, sounds, down, that, down. that sounds ideal then. I mean, in a way, this is almost yeah. a, bit of a blessing in disguise because that, that'll set you up for a whole solid year to do yeah. what you need to do. What, six to yeah, eight months off-season and then away you go? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. And I think um, also the other sort of blessing disguise is um, having this sort of time off. I think it's going to make us all very grateful um, and motivated when we can get back to normal. I think you always do sort of take things for granted. Like I think that goes with all things in life. I think that that may change a little bit moving forwards with a lot of people. even being able to just go to the shop and buy toilet paper at any time of the day. <laughs> I, I hope I hope so, yeah, I hope so definitely. I think it's it's I think it'll definitely make people appreciate the time on their hands because you can accomplish like I for me just personally speaking, I'm generally crazy busy. Um so this has been a massive yeah. adjustment for me. So like generally I'll I'll have my day job, I'll in the evenings I'll be at the gym, I'll be prepping food, or I'll be answering client emails, all that kind of stuff. And then in the weekend, pretty much the entire of Saturday is spent all just doing work for the business uh, and then perhaps yeah. a little bit on Sunday as well for any people who are late so pretty much get about half a day to myself you know most most weeks whereas this now is very very different for me so I think I think with a lot of people being in that situation they may well appreciate the free time and making the best yeah. of the free time like I'm starting to learn to do different things now you know to keep my 
to keep my keep my sanity basically <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah i agree that's a good point actually like i don't think i don't think i'm particularly busy but when i work it out um on a normal day monday to friday i'm out the house for 14 hours at work and gym traveling and other stuff i do yeah. and then obviously weekends i'm you know catching up with people and doing other stuff so like even now like there's no commute whatsoever there's no real gym um all of a sudden you've got a shitload more time on your hands and um I, yeah i probably need to get another hobby <laughs> yeah 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 i've i've seriously considered whether i will go back to I mean, I've, I've just said that i'll i'm quite looking forward to go back to the gym but i've seriously yeah. considered, depending on how much i can get set up at my home gym whether i yeah. go back to full gyms because the amount of time it saves you i'm just conscious that when things start to kick back in again i'll be doing a full day of work again going back i could probably fit in a gym session before my six o'clock meal if i'm training at home and then i've got all evening to myself like a lot more time yeah, that's a good point. And to be fair, you could always do the majority of your sessions at home. And then, for example, if you needed variety for back, yes. that could be the session you do at the gym and you still get best of both worlds, that's whatever um, whatever works best, I guess. Yeah, it may, it may well end up being something like that. Uh, perhaps during bulking periods, it will be a good idea to go to the gym, just wider range of equipment, you know, but made yeah, yeah. pretty easily. But, um, of course. So you're currently in a bit of a diet break. We had a bit of a chat about that. Um, oh, that yeah. How are you, you liking it? Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, as as our conversations went, I was a bit skeptical, um, <laughs> just because it's it's just not something I've ever done before. I've done two day refeed days, might have done three day refeed uh, refeed days, but that's about it. I've never really done a diet break, so we're doing two weeks at the moment. Um, I'm almost a week in. I'm only up about two kilos now from my lightest, most depleted weight this time around. Um, good, which is great. That's you know a decent amount of fullness is back um, that's, that's actually very sensible definitely yeah um and it's nice having that mental break of not be of not dieting during the the unknown uh, zombie apocalypse as we're going through now yeah. um so yeah i was dubious at the start um but obviously after chatting to yourself and finding out the scientific um sort of benefits of it it helped me I always process it in my head. Like I'm very much an all or nothing person and the majority of the time it's all. So this is, this a diet break really is in the middle and that's not really, um, you know, something I, I've really been good at before, to be fair. Yeah. As to, so we, we talked a bit about sort of diet break history and where it kind of comes from. So we'll give, uh, give the audience a bit of an overview on that and then we'll, we'll go back to sort of talking about where we, how we transition out of this. So with, Diet breaks, the first I heard of him was from Dan Duquesne. So for those of the audience who aren't aware of you, he was, he was a, very much ahead of his time uh, trainer back in, I think, the 80s and 90s it was, uh, something like that. But in any case, he his original recommendations were for a 10-week diet block with something like four weeks of dieting followed by two weeks of maintenance and then another four weeks of dieting. So that would be a 10-week diet for him. Now, if he wanted to get somebody ready for a show, he might stick two of those blocks together with a two week break in between. So you've got say a 22 week diet there with about six weeks off. So essentially just, yeah, uh, whatever that is, a 16 week diet. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how we did things. Now he, he didn't really have that much of a scientific rationale for why he did them that way, but he, he knew that you could get a dieting bodybuilder diet really, really hard for about four weeks. And at that stage, things start to slow down. Now, we, it, the whole metabolic slowdown has kind of gone through the ringer in recent years because a lot of people initially start saying, you know, you've got to stoke the metabolic fire, you've got to get, you know, <laughs> all the time. And that, that kind of got a little bit confused with the idea that well, actually metabolism does slow down over time. 
you know it's not perhaps not for the reasons that people think it is and perhaps some of the ideas set forward like the metabolic fire and all that kind of stuff while they might have some validity it's not quite related to that so we do know the metabolism slows down so in terms of the next step towards this was uh lyle mcdonald so he kind of for those of you who don't know lyle i diet wise he's the fucking man like he was writing books back in the late 90s early 2000s when there were no fit pros online giving out that level of advice the level of detail he had in his books is far outweighs even some of the, the detail that we get online now so he was talking about diet breaks and i think he talked about it in his book flexible dieting um so he talks about diet breaks refeeds diet breaks being one or two weeks off i think he said a minimum of 10 days uh, so 10 to 14 days was his recommendation and they came more frequently the leaner you were uh, so similar to Dan DeCain, if you were very lean, you'd probably take a diet break very, very frequently, maybe every two to four weeks. Um, so he also found, and there was research at this point to suggest this idea that if you take a diet break, essentially you're going to ameliorate some of that metabolism loss and you will be able to see overall better gains with less pain for the average person. Now, some of this has been disputed over the years and where we are now with the research is the research is quite split. but Essentially, the most, I would say, most of the solid, well-done research on the subject supports the idea of diet breaks. Um, there are some newer diet sort of ideas which say that if you, if you need a diet break, you're probably dieting too extreme and too hard. But however, I think that takes, doesn't take into account into individuality. Some people just aren't very good dieters. Um, and that's just a genetic thing. So for those people, they may well need diet breaks, even if they want to move from being, say, obese to overweight or overweight to lean, do you know? Yeah. So that's kind of the history of diet breaks. And in terms of the benefits that I've seen, whenever I've taken a, a true diet break, because in I've not gone crazy, I've just gone to maintenance, um, and I've, I've, I've taken it when I've needed it, I've almost always, I wouldn't say almost always, always hit a new low that coming week. But the proviso is, of course, it's a diet break. It's not an excuse to just to stuff your face with everything inside. Pull <laughs> <laughs> that way. Pull that weight back on you, diet off in 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very real concern. The metabolism all depressed. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. the idea. Um, so how, how, how has it felt? I mean, have you noticed anything with your diet break? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, just general mood to start off with. I think when you, I think I, I, think I dieted 10 or 11 weeks um, straight. And there were minimal refeed days, to be honest, um, during that time. Um, and I, I was very much at a point where strength had continued to hold pretty well. Um, I was getting in my steps and all that sort of stuff. But I think it was more of a, because I wasn't dieting for a show, I think it was more of a mental break that I needed. Um, yeah. And to be honest, within sort of four days, that haze had cleared. And I was re sort of ready and raring to go obviously i'll do the the full two weeks that alex is um prescribed per se um but i'm looking forward to and i'm very much on track to doing exactly what you just said um hitting a new low within the first few days maybe the first week of dieting again but i guess a good point to put there is without that much effort because if i'd just continued dieting then you know how weight can stall and all that sort of stuff yes. um in order to get to that new new low weight, it may have taken longer, would have you know drained me more. But instead, all I've done is had a break and then got to the new low while dieting, and actually a shorter dieting time. Um, whilst it would have been easier too, which is obviously 
beneficial for all reasons. That's the theory. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, there's many Henselman right now is the one who's very much values against diet breaks. And he sort of says that it's, it's generally more psychological break than it is a physical break. Yeah. Um, Okay. Which is, you know, it's, it's here and there. And his, his point is of course that you should diet slow enough that you don't need a diet break. Um, I think there's, there's good and bad to that because you're also dealing with human psychology as well. And yeah. I think if you are constantly seeing your weight stall, that's going to cause motivation issues for even the most disciplined of us. Um, so if you can go a little bit harder and then pull back, have maintenance and go a little bit harder again, I kind of prefer that approach. You know, I prefer to be, like, like you were saying earlier, sort of like it's more all or nothing. I prefer to diet like fuck and then have a bit of time at maintenance and then diet like crap. Yeah. Rather than this like little bit of, okay, I'm 200 calories below my maintenance. Let's just keep it going. For a while. <laughs> that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah, lose that, lose that, those ten kilos in one year. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and that's you know, that's yeah. a very sensible approach. I mean, a lot of a lot of competitors will do that, but I think it's something you can perhaps just do for the final stretch home. You know, mm. I think yeah. you, you very much like me. You're right now. You're doing like a pre-diet, so you're not dieting to get to stage lean. This is kind of like the diet before the diet, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Or the diet before the second part of the the off season. Um, but we do want to get. Uh, me and Alex do you want to get in good enough shape to sort of see uh, the improvements I've made properly. Obviously, in order to see, uh, you know, glute and hamstring gains, um, you do need to get decently lean. You don't need to get stage lean, but there is a certain tipping point, which I think it comes for most people between sort of six and maybe 10 weeks out where the lower body just comes in that little bit more. Um, and you can sort of see, um, it almost gives a bit of an illusion once you've lost some of that fat off your hamstrings and your legs all of a sudden look a little bit bigger. Um, so that's really where we're trying to get to and wherever that ends up weight wise is wherever it ends up probably oh. about sort of 94 ish totally it's, maybe it's, it's so nice coming from the off season to the point where you could start to see a bit of definition and all of a sudden your shoulders look huge and you're like this is this is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the be- that's the best part when you get the the cuts in your shoulders when you've lost that fat between your shoulder and your arm because at the same time me personally, my waist goes in at the same time. So yes. all of a sudden overnight, I look like I've gained five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. The dream. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. So in, in terms of my plans is fairly similar, I'd say. Um, I, I am currently doing a bit of diet break as well. I'm going to carry on dieting about on the 13th. Um, and then from there, uh, I'm about 12 weeks till my birthday, so I'm probably going to do just a quick finish off cut, uh, get down to about stage weight, uh, and to see where I'm at, really. Nice. That's the general plan. I, I, might, I may well structure it to have some diet breaks involved. Um, just take the 12 weeks. And I don't think I'll need all 12 weeks and just make sure I've got some breaks, you know, some maintenance breaks and planned in. Because that, that, that worked very, very well coming down from 94 to 86. That's worked tremendously well. I was basically doing a couple of weeks, then taking a diet break, a couple of weeks, taking a diet break for about seven days and then just dieting like that and it, the weight was just full of, was falling off really so it was a very yeah. very easy cut um so i'll definitely try and do that again again because i think it'll be more important the leaner i get yeah of course and you're are you about 86 now or are you a little bit fuller just on your maintenance period yeah 86 now i think i weighed in about 87 this morning but that was a bit of an outlier i didn't sleep very well last night so i think i'm just holding on to, I'm, i am definitely holding on to a ton of water but um yeah, yeah I, at my lowest i was 84 so Roughly about eighty six, similar to you, about two kilos up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, yeah. That seems a bit perfect to me. I think two I think kilos of fullness. It's um, it's definitely, it's not definitely not fat or anything like that, which some people may worry about. Um, it really will be just fullness. 
I bet you look a lot better because of it now. Too. Yeah, I look a lot better, I feel a lot better. But I, as as is my goals, I think I want to get down to about eighty first and just see how I am health wise. Because uh, yeah, I, I did, I've you know had a lot, a really good off season last season, just bulking up, put on a lot of muscle, and that muscle's not going to go anywhere realistically. So, and even if it does, it'll come back quickly enough. So, yeah, I quite fancy now getting very, very lean. Um, or, honestly, I'm probably – I'm thinking about the competition later in the year and I'm debating whether I'm going to do it or not um, just because there are all the craziness that's going on. And I think I prefer to just be a bit healthier this year. I kind of felt yeah. like last year with all the bulking up, it was quite stressful in the body. Um, and i quite like to just have a year of health where, you know, everything's good and go, go from there. Yeah. And then you'd think about maybe doing a show 2021, same as me then. 2021, yeah. I'll be uh, the youngest in the Masters category then. So uh, that could yeah, be... <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I, was, I was debating saying that, but I didn't want to out you. Yeah, I know. My DMs are going to dry up now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't look almost 40, so that, there's that. There's that, yeah. <laughs> We could always uh, edit this part out so no one knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, just, I'll just type in like a 30 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you use a really weird robotic voice. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, turning, yeah I'm turning 30. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So I think both of us got plans for a competition more than likely 2021. But I think a, a nice sort of mock peak now. Maybe not even all the way to peak, but a nice mock peak now is, is probably a good idea to set us up for a nice year. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the the goal is going to be to get yourself in the best shape possible you can, um, or best position, should I, should I say, for when we get back to normality, whenever or however that is, and whatever that looks like. Because uh, I think, I think that's some a, of us really know. Yeah, I think that's quite a sensible tactic for most people, to be fair. Um, I think the majority of guys I know who are serious into bodybuilding that compete, I think that's generally the tactic they're going to take. There's one or two yeah. who, are who are insisting on, you know, they could still make severe gains, so they're still bulking, they're still blasting. I, I'm not yeah. sure I understand the perspective there. Yeah, I, I mean, fair enough. If you've got a full-on home gym, then yeah, sure, why not? Um, but if it's going to be less than optimal, um, would it be actually more optimal to have a bit of a break, a bit of a health phase sort of thing? I guess you've got to exactly. weigh up all those sort of things. Exactly. You set yourself up for a great rebound if you have a health phase. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. We all, everyone knows how well you grow in a rebound. It's, yeah. um, it's, 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 it's the best time, uh, 100% sure. Yeah, absolutely. That. Um, in terms of pro shows this year, most of them have now been cancelled. But did we have we heard any rumblings of shows coming back on near the end of the year? Am I right? Um, yeah, there's there's been a lot of rumblings about August. Um, so I'm pretty sure the New York Pro has been put back to then, and one or two others have too. So it actually sounds like if assuming they all go ahead, August would be insane because you'd have like yeah. um, you'd have an on. In there, you have a New York, maybe Tampa. Um, they've got to rearrange the UK show, um, and then I'm sure there's a, a load more I'm missing. So it sounds like if things get, got back to normal and they have the shows in August, we'd have back to back days where That'd they be, that would be awesome. comp compete. Yeah. competed every week for the year and then still came in shape I mean from a, from a fan's perspective yeah, from a fan's perspective that would be awesome but also from a competitor's perspective it kind of be like the old um, European tours they used to do when yes. uh, Gates was competing that's the one yeah? 
what I forget what they were called, but yeah, those they just compete back to back. It was that was where the famous story of Ronnie and Leveron came from. You know, the the, the whiskey. Oh, but he to drink whiskey. <laughs> yeah, and he came and shredded for the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that could be that could be great for you know a fan's perspective, like all these competitions. So on that note, just to piggyback off that, let's say the Olympia does go ahead in November. Now, the only competition we've seen so far is the Arnold. So we've we've, yeah. had a, we've had a chat about that. But what about including everyone from the Arnold and all the results there and all the guys who didn't make it, like let's say Hadi Chopin, let's say your Brandon Currys, let's even put Roden back in the mix, um, or and Luke Sandow as well. What are we thinking in terms of, say, I don't know, top five, if the Olympic goes ahead in November or so? Oh, God, that is a good question. I think, yeah. I think this one will be interesting because... Um, if you'd asked me three or four months ago, I would have told you Phil Heath is coming back. Mm. With, I think in an interview he's done a couple of months ago, he basically said everything has to fall in line for him to compete again. Mm. I'm going to assume that this year he isn't considering as everything falling in line. So I actually <laughs> think we might have seen, we actually might have seen the, the last of him. But he'd still be my pick. I think, um, I don't think he would compete again if he didn't have his flaws back. Um, as in his stomach fixed and all that sort of stuff. So I, I, I would have thought that if he competed, it, it would be him. Um, as for the other top five, it, it could really be anyone. Um, well, let's, just because uh, I think, do you want to go through the list? Or? Well, yeah, I was just, just going to bring up the top five from the Arnold um, and we can maybe comment on what you think about the chances here. So let's, let's, let's go with number five, Sergio Olivier Jr. What do you think of his chance? He, he actually came top five, which is a great result for him. What do you think of yeah, his chances? 100%. You know, let's say assume he's got another six months to put on some size. What do you reckon? I, I think he'll get top ten, hundred um, percent, maybe top six. I think he's one of those people that he's destined to do very well. Um, obviously, there's the whole legacy there and blah blah blah. But um, I think if you look at his like pro career so far, it's a first in the Europe Pro and then a very good result in the Arnold, which is fantastic. He's done no small shows. He hasn't shied away from anything. Um, and he definitely has the potential to do very well. Whether it's this year, I'm not too sure. Um, but he's definitely got the, the shape and almost has the size to, to really hang in there. And he always comes in lean. So that's I the think, thing. Yeah, that's the big yeah, thing, the yeah. size. A little bit more upper body size, is that it? Is that I think so. I th- yeah, I think more upper body, more more overall size. He's a, he's about two fifty five on stage, I think, but he is five eleven, and in, in this day and age, he kind of needs a bit more. He's quite a big bone structure as well. If you put him next to Kuklo, yeah. for example, he's got a very big bone structure. He he just he's about he's equally as big as Kuklo, so you know they, uh, he he's definitely got some some space to put on more size. Mm. He's relatively young too, isn't he? Is he thirty four, thirty three? I mean, you're, like, right. yeah. So he is. He's got, um, you know, he's got five years at least to, you know, really, really get it. Yeah, he's basically my age, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, and and your your peak of your physical fitness and appearance right now. Exactly. Uh, what about? Uh, well, we'll 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 mention this guy anyway, just because he's here. He came fourth place. I don't I don't agree with the placement, but Kuklo. I mean, he's still young as well. He's still. I think he's about thirty. Yeah, early thirties too. Ah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah see, I don't, I don't always understand it with him. Um, like I, qu- I quite like the hype he sometimes gets, and I think if you like listen to him speak, he's almost like a not quite a Jay Cutler, but um, yes. yeah, he's yeah, very. 
he's very personable. He's very America. He's very yeah. he could he could star in films perhaps if he has you know if he, if he can act that sort of thing. So he has got that going for him. He's almost like a, um, a po- po- politician bodybuilder. Yeah, almost like poster boy or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. what that's you could see him doing that. Um, I looking at him, I just don't know. Apart from the condition, I can't put my finger on it. What he needs to get to become better, though. Um, yeah, I, I he's he's huge, um, and obviously he's not maybe not quite as lean as he needs to be. But but then again, maybe it's the look of his skin. Maybe he's sort of like Jay Cutler again in that he's a little bit little bit maybe thicker skin um doesn't look as lean even though he is as lean um i i, I guess we don't really know with i him. found i found with him when he was younger and he was um probably leaner his muscles had more pop and that's what i think he misses right now if you put him on a stage to stage comparison against say dexter or bonac or even big rammy kuklo there's no pop he, he he looks like a 280 pound guy but with just zero pop I mean, even yeah. Cutler, Cutler had pop, like he had a big waist, but there's just nothing pops on him at all. His legs, his delts, and also combine that with him being a little bit smooth because he's so big. I, I just, ha- I, I don't, I mean, I think he's a great personality, but I've got no time for him in anything close to fourth place that he got. Yeah. So I'd say I don't, I don't see him doing any kind of damage at all uh, later in the year. Um, I liked his look better when he was working with, with Dante and he was just, you know, up and coming and he had that. He had, that, he had that actual muscle bellies were full and round and all that. He somehow lost that. Yeah. Well, he works with um, someone completely random, I think I've heard off a... Um, yeah, he does. I follow her, yeah. 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 Fairly uh, small yeah, time coach, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fair enough. Maybe it's a you know, personal relationship they have, something like that. But yeah, I, I guess you always sort of wonder, like, you know, what if, what if he was with, is it him? Is it the coach? Like, yeah, you never really know. Yeah. But then again, you could do a you could do a Rami and have every coach under the sun and not nail it. So. <laughs> and he has, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which co- coincidentally, he came in third. I think. Yeah, he did. He did. And right? you know what? I think we we had a chat about uh, Rami, me and Alex, um, which not not been aired yeah. yet. But Alex was very very impressed with Rami, and I was as well. I I think, if anything, I think Rami could well be coming into his own over the next few years. And Rami looking the way he did in the night show, I don't see anything beating that. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see it. I've always been a fan. Um, I've, I think I've always been one of the fans of like the bigger people. And I think yes. he's just amazing to look at. I think this was the best year we've seen of him since maybe 2015, um, mm. when he absolutely nailed it for like a, an Arnold Classic Europe or something like that. Um, it's the best we've seen of him for a while. If he sticks with the same coach, uh, little lol, <laughs> big ish. Um, I yeah, I really think they could figure that out um in order to keep his fullness but actually bring in the the level of conditioning he needs um it'll, and it would be amazing to see i'm 100 rooting for him that's exactly how i'd want to win as long as he deserves it definitely definitely i, I think I, I look just kind of look back at the era of bodybuilding and look at the modern era and who we've got uh, while I like Brandon Curry, and again, I think he put in an amazing show. We were talking about him leading up to the Olympia as, as a dead cert for winning, and we were right. Um, yeah. And But I, I look back at the, the dominant champions, and you look at your, your Phil Heath, who is just a ridiculously looking, a ridiculous looking bodybuilder. The, the bubbleness and the, the size is, is just insane. Yeah. And prior to that, you Jay Cutlass. Prior to that, you Coleman. Prior to that, you Yates. Then the Haney's, these dominant bodybuilders. Like, I I can see Big Rami being up there, 
Not yet, not in the current incarnation, but I can't say that about anyone else. I can't really say that about Brandon mm. Curry. As good as he is, I can't say that yeah. about Brandon. He's yeah, just, I, I can understand big, that. But he's quite easy, big, but he's a little bit soft. You didn't get that with early Phil Heath. You, you didn't even get that with Jay, ever really, unless maybe the, you yeah. could argue the last couple of years. Um, but that is level of size and just, just blasting people off the stage. For me, that's what the bodybuilding is about, open bodybuilding. It's not about yeah. the pretty aesthetics. It's about just being as big as you as you can be, as shredded as you can be, and just blasting everyone else off the stage. And that's the yeah. Rami can do that eventually. In some poses, he made everyone else look like a, a child um, during the Arnold. Um, like Obviously, Dexter has some, be- some better lines, but there were some photos of them. I think those two went back and forth really well because there's some, some poses where Rami, in my opinion, dominated him just because he's that much bigger. Yes. But then on the flip side, there were other poses, maybe like absent thigh, that sort of stuff, where Dexter, his line, just even at fucking 50, just pulls him through. Um, and it's quite, I think, I don't know if that's, I don't know if he's amazing or if the rest of them could be considered a bit crap because, yeah. um, like, we've never had anyone this old dominate like Dexter has. I mean, if he comes in second at an Arnold, I'll still count that as dominating um, at the, coming to the end of his career. I think it's a combination of both. I think there's definitely a case to be made that in the current incarnation of bodybuilders and bodybuilding, he is amazing. Put him, put him back with you know your, your cutters and back and forth, and he is pretty much mopping up the pieces. But that's not mm. that's not a slight on him. I'm a big, huge Dexter fan. My 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 problem is just simply the fact that people should be beating him at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And at this rate, he's going to retire this year. And have never and have not really um, dropped in the places. Let's yeah. say he retires this year, he could easily get fourth or fifth, maybe third in the Olympia this year, and he's got a second at an Arnold, and that's his last ever year. That's not bad whatsoever, is it? Uh, that's fantastic. Um, the the other lad who came first and got the entirety of his hundred and thirty grand paycheck, not forty uh, percent <laughs> off, was uh, William. Yeah, God. Um, yeah, what, what do you what do you think to Bonac and his chances moving forward? Is he very much like a Dexter? Does he max himself out? What what we what we seeing from Bonac over the next few years? I think there's more of a chance of him cleaning that apartment than there is of him. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be done. <laughs> uh, I'm not being funny, but like he lives in the middle of Amsterdam. Um, I think he had a three or four bedroom apartment. Like that is very expensive. It's a nice place, mate. It um, it's just dirty. <laughs> clean the fucking place it takes it takes an hour we're in lockdown you can do it right now <laughs> then make well I've, I've heard that he just he is fairly relaxed if you know what i mean so perhaps the motivation yeah, yeah. isn't quite there <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah it is legal there so exactly yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it is what it is but um <laughs> i'm not i prefer curry to him um i always have personally Me too. um so it will be interesting for those two to have that rematch because Last year, um, Bonac beat him at, was it the Arnold? That's right. Um, yeah. And then they were pretty similar at the Arnold Australia. And then Curry beat Bonac at the Olympia. So they, they, I think, they have I think switched Curry quite beat a lot him, in the past. I think, I think Curry beat him at the Ohio Arnold as well. And that set him up. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah. out of the five that we've talked about, I mean, we're looking at a fairly solid, fairly consistent Dexter. We can say that much. Mm. Um, yeah. Bonac, I think, is still going to sneak his way into the top six. Uh, oh, yeah, I agree. Deliver. I think he's um, 
Yeah. I think his issue is just he's he's maxed out his frame. Yes. I don't think there's really anything he can do to get better. Um, maybe bring up that leg that's starting to lack a little bit. I don't know if that's a, probably an injury or anything. That's thing, true. But, yeah, um, you're right. It was an injury. But yeah, you're right. Well spotted. I think a lot of people have picked up on that. And that yeah, it is an injury he had, a uh, leg injury a few months prior. Um, I would say Rami's still a question mark for me, although a very question mark with a lot of love attached to it because I would love to see him carry on with Chad yeah. Nichols and if he carries on with Chad Nichols and assuming you know he, he stays alive he, he'd do very well <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh god how bad is how bad is Sean Ray at the moment fuck yeah. and he's bringing he's that up and he's bringing smoke against Dexter as well I'm I not think... being funny but like there is one person in the bodybuilding world you don't throw shade at yeah. that's Dexter Jackson yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you look on uh, well, actually, Dexter's latest IGTV he, he breaks it all down and he I watched half of it, yeah. He demolishes Sean Ray, it's great. Uh, but know, Sean, it's... Ray, Ray was never that good. Because like, you've got to remember, I, I was watching the magazines when Ray was yeah. at his peak. You know, I, had the, I had all those magazines. And I was, I was looking at all the articles. He was never a front runner for anything. He never was. Yeah, I think he, I think he got quite a lot of seconds and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, he's got a fantastic physique. But I think him coming out and saying that you know, he'd beat everyone today Mate, you're, uh, he's 40 or 50 pounds smaller. He, yeah. He struggled to win the classic physique class. The talk, the talk, yeah, the talk was never about him anyway. It was always about Flex Wheeler. It was always about Levroni. Sean was always yeah. there as that beautiful, aesthetic, sellable bodybuilder, but he was never really there in contention for much. Yeah, that's a good point. Way, I think that's Dex, just all I remember from the magazines. I think Dexter brought up the best point of saying he couldn't beat um, a rundown Dorian for the last <laughs> Sunday where he, where yeah. he was injured and... Yeah. Um, he wasn't, I, I wouldn't say he's fallen apart or anything like that, but he was a shadow of his yes. former self, which is his nickname too. Yeah. Um, Luke, Luke Sandow described him as a Mr. Potato Head. He was just kind of falling apart at that stage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Small Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, I, as I say, that's just what I remember from him in the magazines, the way that they pitched mm. him was never a case of like he's a winner it was always like the the sobatis they were taken seriously your coleman's your yates i mean they, they idolized yates it was ridiculous what the magazines would say about the yates just like he was just absolutely indomitable you know and it would there would never be any pieces about yates smiling or anything it was always just like looking scarily at the camera it was never really about him talking about much either anything like hard yeah it was always just stone cold and that's all we ever heard of him and it's interesting looking back at the magazines the impression they give out is also quite interesting actually on that note to go off on a bit of a tangent, the the differences between the way they pitched Coleman to the way they pitched Cutler, the magazines were not actually that favourable towards Cutler in the initial stages. Um, everybody, really? everybody loved Ronnie. They, he was out there, but I think Cutler really came into his own probably more after he won his first Olympias. Prior to that, there wasn't really a lot of hype around him. Um, whereas with Coleman, it was just for a long period of time there was a lot of hype around him. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Perhaps, I think perhaps that's just because he was winning. Maybe he does. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think Jay just got lucky that he competed at the time as the best bodybuilder of all time. And uh, I think that's it. He only got uh, four seconds to him. And uh, yeah, I mean, fair play, he's the, only, he's the only real person that's kept coming back from seconds and uh, actually yeah, come back that, to win. Um, that comeback was absolutely phenomenal. Those two come back. Yeah. What he, yeah, that what he was, put together in, in, yeah. in next to a Heath and a Kai Green, holy shit. Yeah, if you um, if you say 2009 Olympia, there's one photo which automatically comes into everybody's head, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is when he comes out and does that foot stomp. That's, foot stomp. 
Yeah, it's the one that will stick. It always will. I think in six, yeah. 60 years, I'll remember that. You know, uh, you know, we talk about like, like that big bodybuilders and like what we look for, what we like, like your big Rammies and your, your Coleman's. That picture for me personifies yeah. what bodybuilding is. That's what open bodybuilding is. Just that massive foot stomp, the power, and just blasting everyone off the stage. That for me, that's it. That pose is just he's tremendous. Just, he's just so he's just so wide, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think if even if he had no muscle on his frame, he'd still be like a <laughs> yeah. triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no shoulders. Yeah, I think Mark Bell described him as SpongeBob SquarePants. I think. <laughs> but, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, you know, I wanted to talk a bit about Ruli actually. Um, Ruli took a lot of time out, um, and he, he actually purposely didn't do a bunch of shows. Uh, and now he's got even more time out just to train. And I believe he's still over in Kuwait. What about Ruli? I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ruli's. Yeah, I am too. I um, I actually thought he was going to bring it together um, and you know get a little bit higher up the Olympia placings. Obviously, he got mm. third not last year, the year before, um, which was his best ever look, and he could have been placed higher. I yes. wouldn't have minded if he'd been placed higher at all. I think when he came out, it might have been the night show in these red trunks. Mm-hmm. It it was a role a, a role he'd never ever seen. Um, that was I think a, when he yeah, when, when he brings it, which has only been I think he's only come in like condition condition two or three times. But when he does, it's mesmerizing. I've seen it live once at the Arnold's Australia wow. when he won, and he had won when he first came and stood out next to everybody else everybody knew that he'd won straight away and I've never seen a, a clear cut winner like that and he beat Curry he beat Bonac and a bunch of other people it wasn't like a bunch of nobodies he, um, yeah. when he puts it together he's just, he's just next level he's just he's kind if, of what I mean by he's kind of what I mean by that bubbly muscle he has yeah. that in spades like, he has that pop that which Akuko doesn't have but yeah if he puts it together um, he, he could be the easily top six. I remember last year, you and I were really keen on him coming back and putting in a good placement. And we were both massively disappointed with the result in the end. Yeah. Because he just wasn't quite there. But because the year before, he was so good. Yeah. He got third the year before and was it about sixth or something he got last year? But he was somewhat gifted that spot. He was he was just so soft on the back in the pre-judging. Um like he literally looks six weeks out, but obviously he still looks freaky. But he just—he looks that much freakier when just that lower half is is more in. Um, I think it sort of takes too much away from his physique when he's not. If only it was uh, black and white, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Same with Rami, I guess. I guess those it is, two it's are very, very similar. similar. Very similar to Rami. I think you know a Rami. I would love to see both of them come in in condition. And people, people always just say, you know, we should talk about who's going to come in on the day and let's assume everyone's at the best. But I'm not sure we can do that when you've got guys like Rami and Ruli who are so inconsistent. You've got to kind of bear in And you've got guys like Bonak yeah. and Dexter who are so consistent. You've kind of got to bear that in mind. It's a harsh reality. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like um, the best bodybuilder in Britain sort of arguing at the moment. Is it Luke or is it Nathan? Well, <laughs> L- Luke's never won a pro show. Nathan has won five or six. Um, and Nathan comes in every single time. So, like, the best ever Luke, which has come once, would beat Nathan. But yeah. we've seen that one out of 13 pro shows. So, how do you judge that? Yeah, it, that's the thing. You've, you've got to bear that in mind. Um, if we, if we, let's, let's bring Diasha into the discussion then. And, and let's bring Luke and Diasha into the discussion. Um, 
what are their chances for a top 10 or let's say a top six stacked with the likes of Bonac, Rami, Sergio Oliver Jr. How do those two stack up against Sergio Oliver Jr.? How does that work? That's a very good question. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of them both. Like Nathan hasn't placed too well at the Olympia before, um, but he has in all of his other shows. So I'm not sure if that's because he has won shows where there hasn't been a huge lineup. And then when he gets the Olympia, he's just not good enough to, to beat you know, the best guys. Mm. Um, or is it just that he hasn't come in right at the Olympia? Um, th- there is that. So I think, I think both could definitely come top six. Um, it would just be interesting to see more so how Nathan comes in now just because he hasn't competed for quite a long time. Obviously, he had that um, problem with the law last year and visa issues. and So we haven't actually seen him since... Uh, would it be the post-Olympia show, 2018, maybe? I think so, Something yeah. Like that. It's so difficult to tell from social media. You just, you just can't tell at all, like, what's the ones. You know, there's no indication, really. Yeah, otherwise, um, you know, Rami would have won this, <laughs> the, most, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the most recent show. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we just judge it via the Kuwaiti mirror, then... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to get myself in that mirror. But then again, I'm also scared. <laughs> What if I went over there, took a photo in that mirror, and I didn't look that good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I both would just be like the smallest guys in the mirror, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> just like, where, where's the special lighting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, switch it on. Uh, what about uh, Brandon Curry? I think, for my money, um, Curry right now seems to be a fairly inevitable 2020 winner, um, just because structurally he's that much better. Uh, he's yeah. got the small waist, he's got the huge freaking quads again Kuklo doesn't have those he's got the massive upper body structure you put him next to a Bonac and it just he makes Bonac look weird like this not even yeah. look bad he just makes him look weird like he's just he's like he's just bunched up together he's like a little block and, and yeah you know so I think it's do we see it all in the waist but yeah um, I think between those two it's all in the waist so that's what makes the big difference I think muscularity wise they're quite similar but um, just that illusion that Corey sort of brings with that small waist um uh, I think in order for him to be beaten this year, someone needs to come in at their absolute best. Um, and that, that's it. I think he's just the complete bodybuilder at the moment that's consistent, and we need to see something amazing to beat him. Um, I think it's, whether probably, it's a little bit, uh, probably a little bit too early for Sergio Oliver. I think, I think, cause yeah. I was just thinking when I said he's got six months, but looking at the timeline, that's not a lot of time, is it, to get very ready and prepped and all that. Yeah, he's actually um, he's actually here in Australia at the moment. Um, okay. Yeah, he's he's quarantining himself over here for whatever reason. Um, oh, so yeah. So I don't know if he's. He looks like he's on holiday, but um, <laughs> yeah. So a little funny fun fact for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a couple of years time, I think yeah he'll be right up there. I think it'll be him, potentially Sando, um, and a few others. Um, it'll be good to see Patrick Moore put some size on and be competitive. But then again, will that will that ruin the lines like it does to everyone else? I don't I'll know. tell you. I'll tell you my issue. I'll tell you my issue with Luke Sandow is I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if it's his training style or if it's his genetics or what, but he's got almost a Kuklo issue for me. Maybe he just needs to put more. So I could be completely wrong, but 
I'm, I'm starting to see shades of that lack of kind of pop in him as well. And I don't know if he's a training style or what. I remember years ago, and I, this might be complete bollocks, but I remember years ago, Arnold talking about him and Columbo, the differences between their physiques and the fact that Arnold's physique pops. And he says a lot of the pop comes from training with lighter weights. You get that kind of off the bone, off sort of popping your muscles. When you flex, something actually happens. He says when Columbo flexes, nothing really happens. And I don't know whether that's just because of a, a size issue. If you, you know, because if you, Arnold in some poses can look actually very ordinary. And then he flexes and all of a sudden he's like, holy shit, where did that come from? And that's kind of what yeah. I mean about that pop. That's what's lacking. That's what Jay Cutler had. That's what Aunt Ronnie had. That's what even, even Yates had to a certain extent, but not as much. It's like, I start to see that with Luke. He's, he's posing and I'm not sure I'm seeing a great deal of what's happening. Whereas Diasha poses and you think, holy shit, where did that come from? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think some people look good just standing there, and then some people you need to wait till they pose, and then all of a sudden everything jumps out at you. Sort of a grower, um, not a shower, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's a perfect fucking metaphor right there. Um, so Luke is definitely a grower if he needs to be. Um, <laughs> no, I think, um, I think he's also one of those people that if he's not in shape, he looks really off. Like there's... There hasn't really been an in-between with him. He's had three shows where he's come in and he's come second and he's come third. He's done well. And then the other ones he's, where he's come off ever so slightly, he's 11th at the Olympia, for example. Um, uh, he's behind Patrick Moore and like he's got, what, 50 pounds or more? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Moore, Moore caught a lot of flack for his, his uh, placing and his arrogance about his placing. Um, prior to competing. So Moore, uh, he, he'll be good, but he needs, he needs to play the size game. Yeah, um, that, and then you, you can know, argue will will him doing that make him lose everything that's good about him? Well, this is the thing. You see, if you look at his waist, this is something that I, I was talking about with um, Alex. He's got a very short waist, so from top to bottom, it's a very small waist. Now you blow that waist out, and it's going to look fucking horrendous. Because that yeah. will, that will look like a wide waist, long legged person, and and he'll. But I'm not to over exaggerate, but he'll start to he'll start to look like a plumber basically in that sense. And that's a long <laughs> way. But you know what I mean? He's got that yeah. very short yeah. waist. Guys who have like yeah. a long waist, like Jay Cutler, whatever, they've got a bit more room to pad out. But that short waist can get very blocky very quickly, and I think you need to be careful with that. Yeah, and then you've got people like Diasha, where people like absolutely shredding, having a super long waist and having higher hats. Yeah. yeah, you can't win. It's such nah. a such a critical sport. You He's, could yeah. come in your best ever, and he could have been leaner. He looks like uh, he looks structurally. He looks like Akeem Williams. He's got yeah. that same structure, long waist, high lats. Huge. Uh, I think Akin would take him. It's just I think Diash would probably outcondition him. Yeah, no, that's yeah. That'll be interesting to see. Akeem did very well at the Arnolds as well. Um, yeah. Someone else did as well. He came seventh. Um, Max Charles. Was it Max Charles? Tremendous. Yeah, he's he's another one which you know he, he obviously from a bodybuilding politics point of view he he's never really been given anything. Um, but like, if he comes in like that again, plus five percent, is that undeniable for a top three position? I, think I wouldn't have minded. It. I, I, I wouldn't have minded is, yeah. him top three in the Arnolds. No, I wouldn't have either. I would. He wouldn't have been out of place. I, mean, I had this conversation with Alex as well. Alex really didn't seem to think he, there was much in him because he thought his legs were smaller. But I'm thinking to myself, look, I've seen his legs compared to Kuklo's legs. His legs look a lot better. He's got the thick sartorius which comes out. He's got the definition. He's got the pop. Mm. Um, then his abs tie everything together. I don't see a massive amount wrong with Max Charles' physique. I see a lot more wrong with Kuklo. I see a lot more wrong yeah. with, with Cedric, you, for example. Yeah, uh, and then if you put him next to 
Bonac. He's got one leg at the moment, so he's right. He's got he's got it. He's got to be winning there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but then again, he's another one that looks amazing on his own. Um, so maybe it's when he's compared to others that's when they're seeing flaws. Um, I think they'll see. I think they'll definitely see flaws. I mean, I I couldn't take my eyes off him in the in the top six lineup. I couldn't just I'm yeah. Not, he he stood out. He stood out tremendously. But a trained eye would probably be able to pick apart maybe parts of his back. I don't know, but I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't see much missing. I thought maybe a little bit more size, but holy fuck, he was conditioned. Yeah, he looked great. Really did. Great. Yeah. Even uh, even Akeem did too, to be fair. He looked better than I thought he could. Yeah, looked really good. So, yeah, I think um, in terms of what we're looking at, we're probably looking at a fairly certain... Actually, we did say we were going to talk about Roden. It's Roden's birthday today, isn't it? So, um, oh, is it? Yeah, apparently. So, if How is he getting on in his... Uh, first and foremost, how is he getting on in his trial? Is that happening? Oh, is that happening? No or? idea, you know. No sure. idea whatsoever. I, I, last I heard, it mostly got dropped, but I'm not too sure. All right. Fuck, that'd be such a shit way to go out. Oh, such a shit way to go out, yeah. Yeah. But, like, similar to Phil Heath, I think everything needs to fall in line with him to even consider competing again, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, which is a real shame. Um, it's come out like a... Obviously, there's never a good time to have a global outbreak of a virus. But, like, this is this was the last year of competing for potentially a couple of people. Um, yeah. Dexter, Phil, Roden, etc. So we we might actually miss out on something because of this. Yeah, it's a shame. I think I think you know, looking at the future though, while we've got Curry here, I think he's doing a very good job as current Mr. Olympia. The future does still look pretty bright. You, you know, with guys like Sergio Olivia Junior, with Morgan Asti, for example. Holy yeah. shit. Huge yeah, he's another one that wow. he's another one that should have placed higher. Bloody hell. He was shredded and massive. Yeah. Said, he will feel like um, he looked on Lavroni. Sorry, um, I, I, I just think I think just his upper body was just so full, but yeah. he's still so conditioned. That's only thing that I don't want to say looked weird, but like if you had to comment on something, that was it, maybe. Well, but that's the thing. I, I just I couldn't really so understand full. what people were saying about that. He looked his body looked odd. I didn't really get that. I thought he looked I thought he looked good. He looked a bit like a, a better conditioned Kovacs. Yeah. Hundred percent. It'll be another one to watch. There's there's quite a few of them. Um, I think, and obviously we've got to remember that Flex is coming into the um, the Open. Oh wow! Too. Yeah. Jeez. It should be interesting. I I don't know where to put him. To be honest, if we had to, if we had confirmed numbers right now and we had listed numbers, I wouldn't know. I think he'd be one of those that he'd either come in tenth or he'd come in like third. Yeah. I. I, I've got no idea. I think he he's in a position where he's been dieting for so long to keep two on two that maybe his body has been screaming out to grow. Um, will that grow and ruin his lines and whatnot? Who I knows? Mean, I, but he was he looked so much better than Bonac when they were both two on two. Yes. So if he puts on weight the same way as Bonac, then you know that's getting him what second and thirds in big shows. If he can sort of, you know, get that sort of Lee Priest level of size, you know, in the open, I'd love to see that. Because that, I hope so. I mean, I, I when Lee Priest was on, I that was a ridiculous look. Probably one of the biggest bodybuilders pound for pound ever. Um, yeah, that's what that's what Jay Cutler says. Like, if if anyone asks Jay, he was the most impressive person you ever saw. He says Lee Priest every time. Yeah. Um, and like having that as a compliment of Jay Cutler is. 
pretend that's probably a Lee Priest like made. Yeah, I think Roddy Coleman, <laughs> Roddy Coleman has something to say about Lee Priest as well. <laughs> I think yeah. Lee Priest almost made Roddy Coleman retire, right? That's that's the story, isn't it? So he was yeah, like, if they let guys beat like beat me, beat, if they get like guys like Lee Priest uh, beat me, then, then maybe I should quit the sport. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, you would have said that so innocently and not in a mean way, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Is uh, superhuman, uh, Mister Ronnie Coleman. God bless him. Yeah. Right, uh, Ollie. We'll call it there, mate. Uh, thanks for coming back on again. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next time. Hundred uh, percent. Thanks for having me. It's been good. It's yeah. burned an hour of uh, Corona <laughs> time, and hopefully, if it entertains one other person, I think it. Yeah. I think it counts as success. Our, our other, our other member of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we should, we should start. We should start naming them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A and B. <laughs> so, yeah, good luck with your diet break as well. Hopefully, we don't both turn to fat fucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we both start dieting again the same day, um, yes. the week after, the week straight after Easter. So, right. um, yep. yeah, that'll be good. I'll, I'll let you know, but I'll call. A new low on Thursday that week. That's <laughs> that's nice. my prediction. Nice, nice. <laughs> Let's do it. Right, dude. Cheers. Thanks, mate.